what lies in store for you. There's so many things to see and do. Summer, winter, spring, or fall. Your home in the Rockies has it all. So get up, get ready to start your day. The coffee's brewing, you're on your way. The fun is waiting outside your door. Good morning, Vale. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your Sunday edition of TV8 Vale. I am your host, Liz, and I want to just welcome you to a wonderful Sunday morning. We had a great show yesterday, and we have a very great show today. I want to remind everybody that March, we are already into March. Can you believe how fast time is going? But March is Women's History Month, and I just want to remind everybody that what that is, is encouraging and commemorating the study and observance of the celebration of women in American history. Pick a few of your favorites and celebrate them all month long. And speaking of the month of March, well, we have amazing shows coming up at the Villar Performing Arts Center. I have to tell you a list of them because it's March Madness over at the Villar Center. And it is, of course, their 25th anniversary. So they are celebrating big through the Vail Valley Foundation and the Villar Center. They are bringing more entertainment to us than we could possibly imagine. You can always go to VillarPAC.org to get a list of things, or I can tell you right now. So on the 9th of this month, we have Yamato, the drummers of Japan. I cannot tell you how exciting this is. We're talking energy, beats, and just so much fascination. That takes place on the 9th at 6.30. And then the following night, we have the Preservation Hall Band, and they are amazing. That's a jazz band who plays incredible music. If you want to enjoy them, 7 p.m. on the 10th. Then we jump on over to the 12th, also at 7 p.m. It's the Legally Blonde Musical. That's right. If you love the movie, well, it's now a musical, and they're going to make it really, really inspiring and so much fun. Then on the 15th, we have the son of Jim Croce. You remember him, right? Well, he'll be singing all of his amazing tunes. So it's Croce Sings Croce. Then the next night, you can literally go almost every night. We are going to have Magic for Humans. And that's going to be amazing. There's two shows, 4.30 and 7.30. And this is Justin Williams. He is going to play amazing tricks on us, that's for sure. Magic for everybody. Celebrate 25 years of the Valar Center by getting on VilarPAC.org to check out their calendar of events and find out all the great things they have going on. They're literally even already kicking off summertime with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, so get ready for an amazing lineup of entertainment for all of us here in the Vale Valley over at the Valar Center. Now we're gonna take a look at your Sunday and see what the weather is like right here on TV8 Vale.
Welcome back to the show. We talk to a lot of authors here on the show, and we love to get insight on what they do and why they write about what they write. Maddie had the greatest interview this week with a special author who talks about the difference between men and women at the workplace. Let's find out more, shall we? Are you looking for a great book to read and have you been struggling maybe in your career choice? Well, then there is one out there on the market called Suits and Skirts Game On, The Battle of Corporate Power. And we've got the author joining me first thing this morning, Teresa Freeburn. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you, Madeline. I really love everything about your book. Unfortunately, I did not have time to go through every single chapter, but I did skim each chapter, especially because there's such good names in there, like the one that's like, stop, you're stepping on my skirt. And so <laughs> let's talk about what inspired you to write this book. Oh, absolutely. And I guess the other part, too, is it's not just about the book, but it's about who I directed it to. So you know, I've directed the book specifically to men. And I think that the, the whole reason that came out is because no one else seems to have done it, okay, for starters. But, you know, I don't think it's any um, secret here. Women have been seeking power for decades, but to no avail. And, and my thesis is that men are actually the ones holding and keeping women back from attaining powerful C-suite and board positions. And the bottom line is what's really important here because it's to the detriment of the corporate bottom line. And, of course, the reasons vary, but... Um, the results don't. I think you just have to do the math. And women are still very highly underrepresented in leadership roles. And in the book, I'm I'm actually speaking directly to the men that are blocking women's corporate advancement. So it's kind of this no hold bards discussion. And it will no doubt ruffle some feathers out there. And you wrote this book, I would imagine, from some of your personal experience and what you had been through in the corporate world. Yes, I did. Um, I have worked for decades in the financial services industry, which is a pretty male-dominated industry to start with. So, yes, I, I bring all of those learnings over the many decades and um, try and get them into some concise matter here. And I, I guess what fuels me on this, too, is, you know, I keep hearing you, you read the newspaper clippings and they talk about, you know, all the progress that women have made in senior management and advancement and leadership. But I guess at the end of the day, if you call an increase in the Fortune 500 of 40 female CEOs over the course of 50 years a success, then I think we all need to question those math skills. You know, one female CEO in 1972 and now 44 in 2022, 50 years, I don't think that's an improvement. And I, I think it's ridiculous and it's pathetic and it's, it's shameful. So, you know, I think what happens, we sort of get complacent. When we hear the news, we, we hear about all the progress. We isolate one woman that got a promotion and we talk about that. But at the end of the day, I don't know, I feel that a goal like 50-50 would be a good way to, to set out a goal. And if you think of the population and the education that women now have and the, the history and experience that they have, it, it's like it's time for them to take their rightful place here. And I think the world will be very different if that if that can happen. I love this so much. I'm one of six children and I have four brothers. And so even in my small household, I feel like it's a fight for power just amongst those little things. And so to take that to an industry much larger, let's take it to the big, huge corporate world. Women do have to fight harder. And you know, this is something I've recently noticed. I feel like the strategy that is used is they pit women against each other. Oh, yeah, it's always easy to do that, right? It's like women are the blame for the reason why we can't be um, advanced corporately. You know, I, I think it's it's about 
there's some sabotaging going on out there, I believe, and that, you know, corporations, which are primarily led by men, they seem to be a bit oblivious to it. You know, they're indifferent um, or worse, they're overtly obstructive to matters relating to the advancement of women. So if you really think about it, though, the major roadblock is men's lack of advocacy for women. And there's all sorts of reasons for that. But I think that there's still some pretty old fashioned views out there. I think there's a lot of um, leaders that still consider that sort of that old, you know, work family narrative to be a big problem still. You know, here's the reality. Women can have children and still be great at our jobs. OK, I know it's a shocker, but, um, you know, all these questions about maternity leave and, you know, the motherhood penalty is it is real. And these things are huge roadblocks for women to get ahead. And then, of course, you start talking about things like, what about the networks? We always say, oh, well, women, you know, get involved with your ne networks. That's going to really help advance you in leadership. Here's the problem. Women's networks aren't working. Men's networks work really well. Because guess who they've got in those networks? All the men that are in those very powerful positions. We don't have as many in the women's networks. And I guarantee you, no man wants to join a women's network because there's no power there. Why would they? Where, where's the advancement going to come from? So... Uh-oh. I think we have maybe lost a little bit of connection, and I feel like all of these points that you are making are so fantastic, and this book is just so inspiring, not only for women to read it, but for men to read it. So let's go back to where we just left off with you talking about these groups and these networking groups. Yes. Um, my view there is that women's networks just aren't working. Um, men's networks work really well. Um, and that's because there's a lot of powerful people in the men's network. So if you think about it, would you think a man would want to join a woman's network? Not a chance. There's no one there that they're going to gain more power from, learn from, you know, follow the footsteps of. That just doesn't work that way. So we're at a disadvantage right there. And the boys clubs are pretty entrenched in corporations today. You know, um, just the idea that, um, you know, men don't think anything of, you know, going for a drink after work. What are women doing? We're rushing home to our families to get dinner on and get kids looked after and homework done and baths done. Oh no, I think that we've lost your connection again, but all of this information is so powerful and these are pieces and tidbits that people can get from your book so people can have this understanding. I feel like it's so powerful when women write books, sharing their experience, that way people can live through their eyes a little bit. And so this is a way for everyone to live through your eyes about what you'd went through in corporate America. Thank you, yes, it is. And I, I hope that, um, folks get the same sort of takeaway that I did, and that is, is to imagine a world um, and what it would look like if women held a proportionate share of leadership roles, that is in the C-suite and at the board table. Think of what those agendas and those discussions and strategies and results will be. So that's what I leave your viewers with. Well, I have another question for you. As you were writing the book, what steps did you learn along the way? Because obviously there's a lot that went into this book, a lot of personal experience, but you want more than just that. So what other resources did you use as you were writing the book? Well, I did some primary research as well. I went out and did some online research um, with about 260 participants because I thought I want to have something to ground the book, make sure that it's not just Teresa's opinions here. Um, and it, it, it was great because it really did sort of ground my thinking and my, um, my thesis here. So that was very helpful. But of course, I have so many stories. And if, as, as I start to talk to um, people in powerful positions and they start to tell me their stories, 
again, it just validates where I was coming from to start with. I think this is something we just don't talk about too much or not enough as to the reasons why women are sitting at that very stagnated level. To say that 25% of board positions are now filled by women, why? Why isn't it 50? Like, I mean, I, I'm shocked by that. But to hear all of the reasons why, like, well, thank you, Teresa. You, you know, you're, you'd make a really good board member. However, we just don't have any openings at this time. Well, then make the damn openings. You know, that's kind of how I feel. So I think that the more I talk to people out there, the more I want to go and buy, you know, sort of write that next book because there's so much more to say. So there's a lot to say and there's a lot to learn from your books. Now, as it's going out into the world and people can get their hands on it, how do you think this could change experiences for women across the country? Well, that's a, it's a good question you're asking, because although I wrote it for, for men, that's really who it's directed at. I've talked to some of my uh, mentees. I have a few women that are um, that like to chat with me on a regular basis, which is fantastic. I love doing that. And they just said, no, Teresa, it's, it's great that you've written it to direct at men. But as a young woman, I needed a playbook and I just got one. And I think that that's just a very telling um, situation because I think that they honestly don't know about, you know, what they should say when they're in positions that I've described in the book and how to react and but, sort of how to keep their cool, but yet get their point across. So, yeah, I think that was just a really great observation. I think it's so powerful what you're doing only because you are becoming an activist for women all over and it whether it's at that C-suite and board level or whether it's at a lower position like I was telling you I worked in that marketing firm for a little while and it was hard work I was fighting tooth and nail to constantly have my ideas be heard but if the same idea was proposed by someone else then it was immediately like that was a great idea and I was like this makes no sense to me like I said that a week yeah. ago with a full page exactly. deck too. <laughs> And, and it's funny because I've had that exact same experience I've, I've talked about in the book and it, not once, not twice, several times where I had such a great idea. And then I realized, why is this now such a great idea? It wasn't an idea like a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but now it is. So, And it was because a man in a more senior position in a, in a leadership role actually made the position known to everyone and everyone, oh, that's a great idea, but they weren't listening to me. So I feel sometimes that I'm a, I'm a little... And this has gone back for decades that I'm kind of invisible, even though you're sitting at an executive table, that your view just isn't as respected and considered as much as other men in the room. So it's real. The struggle is real. It's so real. Now, if people would like to read your book, obviously it's directed towards men, but I do think it's a great playbook for women to get their hands on and maybe just give them those little tidbits of advice on how to talk to someone, how to stand up for themselves, learning from your experiences and all of the other research you've done. Where can they buy your book? Right now it's available on Amazon, so please go ahead and, and, and order that. Um, just look it up under Suits and Skirts, Game On, Freeborn, and you will get that. It's on pre-order until next week, and it gets released, so it'll be in your hands very shortly. It's also available on other booksellers like Barnes & Noble as well, so help yourself, and it's in Kindle, softcover, and hardcover. Teresa, thank you so much for giving us all this great information. Thank you for being the voice that women everywhere in corporate America need. We all really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Madeline. It's been my pleasure to chat with you. We'll talk soon. Make sure that you go online, you pre-order her book while you can. If not, then wait until it's released, but get your hands on it just because it's a great guide and really a great lesson for everyone to learn. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we've got more of the show.
Welcome back to your Sunday edition of TV8 Vale. I'm Liz, and you know what's really cool? I love watching Maddie get on out onto the streets and talk to everybody and show all the amazing things that we have to offer in the Vale Valley. Houses, plentiful, but wait till you check out this home. Maddie brought Ty Stockton up to this home that's for sale, and they toured it and had a great conversation. Wait till you see this spread. Are you looking for a beautiful place to live? Well, we're standing at such a magnificent location and I'm standing here with Ty Stockton from the Stockton Group and Compass Real Estate. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Thanks for coming up. And this was one of these places that we wanted to get you up here to showcase because um, this area and the territories of Cordillera is really unique, you know, really unique. Are people that want space, uh, but still some connectivity to uh, you know, uh, HOA and just a little bit of help. This is that neighborhood that does that. So it's great to be here. I mean, let's just talk about these panoramic views that we have all around us up here at this property. Driving up here is breathtaking. Getting up here is incredible. And you kind of just get lost in the mountains for a moment and it feels amazing. Yeah. And how did they pull that off? So as I mentioned, you know, you have more space, but they combined two lots here so they have over 72 acres and then you're looking at hard scrabble uh, the flat tops castle peak and all the down valley views that sometimes are overlooked you know and but it's so gorgeous here and you see these sweeping views and all day sunlight here um, it makes it really impressive if you want to come up here and get away from everything um, you know winchester trail is that sort of hidden gem that a lot of people don't know about well, and then the house, the property itself is so exquisite. Everything here is so well done. There's so many fantastic details throughout the entire property. So let's talk a little bit more about what's inside. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because first we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the design. So if you think farmhouse meets kind of Euro modern, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody listening, but that's what we accomplished here. And they hired the best team. So. KH Webb Architects and Kyle Webb sat down with them and personally designed this home. And there's basically three structures here. So you have the main house, yes. and then they have a gorgeous two-bedroom guest house, which I love that idea. You know, when you have people visiting and you go, um, we love you, but it would be nice to have a little separation. They pulled that off here, and yet they still gather here in the main house. And then you have a, a three-car garage, um, and all of those really complement each other really nicely on the outside. And then when you walk inside, I think uh, it's interesting to watch people's initial reaction. You know, you have the, the high uh, ceilings when you walk in, and it just invites you to this gorgeous house. And, you know, behind us, you can see this this beautiful kitchen and we've had people say this may be the largest island countertop maybe I've ever seen and it's just great for entertaining and they did a, a, such a great job with with proportions and spaces so you have these lift slide doors we call them that literally they push back and, and you have this zero threshold uh, transition from inside to out so in the summertime you open up all these doors and blinds and the outside comes in and that becomes yet another room. Uh, but what I really love too is that you have your guest suite uh, on one side of the house and the master is on the other. And then you have a third guest suite down below. So, you know, when it's time to sleep and rest and relax and people want to have a little privacy, you spread out. So they really smart home design here. 
And not only that, but let's go back to these doors because they open up, you step outside, it becomes part of the inside, and then there's such a beautiful patio with some great amenities on it. Those grills are so wonderful and makes that outdoor living that we all love here in the mountains so easy to accomplish. Absolutely, and you know, they, they didn't forget about modern day conveniences either. So you talked about an expansive patio um, and, you know, endless views here so you get great sunlight but you have a nice outdoor kitchen and the patio is all snowmelt heated so you don't have to worry about a lot of maintenance here that's what they wanted on this house is to be able to enjoy it so um, they'll spend a good part of the day with these doors just open and you can walk inside and out and you know sit on your chaise lounge chairs out there and um, if, uh, if you want a hot tub, it's all set up to do that too, if that's your thing. So it was really meant to, um, be sort of an escape, uh, from maybe everyday life, or if you live in the hustle, hustle and bustle of a, a bigger city and you want to come here and gather as friends and family, that's what this house is all about. And outside they find themselves spending the better part of the day out there. So let's talk bedroom totals because we've got the guest house, we've got the main house. So how many bedrooms in total are here? So five bedrooms. Um, the main house has three, two on the main level and then another guest uh, area on the lower level. And then the, the um, guest house has two separate bedrooms with its own fireplace and kitchen. So somebody could literally live there um, and, uh, separate from the main house. But it's just nice for people to feel like when they come here, they can have their own oasis as well. And I love that you have enough bedrooms that people can gather here, but it still has a, um, a really nice, cozy, welcoming feel to the house. I think that's one thing that they did a great job of accomplishing. They do make this house feel like a home with all of the little details that are in it from everything in this kitchen to all of those wonderful little things like the downstairs where you can have the most entertaining party. Yeah, they, so they have a great room and um, for, for that, you know, kind of a recreational room. So they have a gorgeous bar and have got their own kegerator there. So the beer tap to have fun and lots of libations if you want. Again, a patio that walks right out from there, but they have a nice big TV wall and a little cozy library area um, just off of that. So, you know, if you want to watch those sporting events, you can do that. Uh, you want to watch your favorite movies in the evening, you can do that. Um, just, a nice, um, just a nice place to kind of casually hang out. And not to be forgotten is about a $1,400 or 1400 bottle a wine cellar you can just grab that bottle of wine or two right on the way in there and it's all temperature controlled and um, it's just a nice location to to have relative to the main house and then the the rec room so now if people are interested in seeing this gorgeous property getting some more information and having you take them on a tour how can they do so well not only a tour but a private tour we love that because we really want people to come in and learn about all the details of the house so there's a couple of ways um, that you can see the home we have um, a dedicated website for the home um, my personal phone number is 970-471-2557 um, the stockton group veil.com you can go there and learn about this home and other homes and we're always available. You know, we love people that are curious about particularly areas like this that uh, have they've never been to. 
and they want something different and they want to see something that um, maybe excites the senses and we're here to show them that. We want to greet them, bring them in here and, and really let them explore every detail of the property. Which I think is the best way to do so. And Cordillera is such a perfect place to escape. If you are in that hustle and bustle of everyday life, this is the perfect place to come and hang out. And now that website people can go explore is 594winchester.com. That's it. You said it. And go be curious. Look around and enjoy it. But don't forget to pick up the phone and call us because there's nothing like seeing it in person. So we want to show you around and uh, make sure you understand all the details of this home. Ty, thank you so much for bringing us here, giving us this incredible tour and showing us probably one of the most beautiful houses we have in the Valley. Terrific. Glad to do it. Thank you for being here. Make sure that you check out Compass Real Estate and that way you can see this exquisite home because you're not going to want to miss it while it's on the market. We're going to take a short break and when we come back, we've got more of the show. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Let's head on over to the TV8 Weather Center to find out what your day is going to be like. going to be a lovely mild day everybody now we're going to take a look at your lens of the day through eyepieces with maddie lens of the day is brought to you by eyepieces of veil and goggle bar serving the veil valley for over 30 years I love this time of morning because I love getting to talk all things ski and snowboard stuff and especially if you're going to make your way out there on a day like today where we're going to see that cloud coverage a little bit heavy. It's important that you have the right goggle lens on. So I'm going to talk all things Anon right now. So we've got the Anon Merrick Wave Cell Helmet. Now this helmet has some really cool technology and it is that Wave Cell technology. You can see it through the vents, those nice little green pieces that you see. This is going to help take that compression off of your head and put more of it onto the helmet, making the helmet sturdier and more durable out there on the slopes, which is nice and convenient. Now some other great features is there's this perfect little dial on the back and I really like the noise that it makes as you use it. But this is going to help when you are putting the helmet on to fit it, to make it tighter or just adjust it to fit your head. 
the best way possible. Now I've bought it, brought an Anon goggle with me as well. So I've got the Anon M2 series. This is a little bit bigger of a goggle frame. The reason that I chose that is because it's going to fit more nicely with this helmet. So all you have to do to get that goggle lens on, get it close, it snaps right in. All of Anon's stuff is magnet technology, making it super convenient for you to get out there, ski, ride, enjoy everything. And now let's talk about their magnetic face mask integration. When you're on the slopes and on a day where we might see some snow blow through or whatever the conditions may be, it's really hard when you're jostling with your face mask a lot. So a great way to do that is if it clicks in automatically. So all you have to do, get it close, it snaps right in, and then boom, your face mask is right there. Now the reason that I did this combination is because this goggle, as we're gonna just, I'm not gonna pull the strap over because last time I did that I really struggled, but this goggle fits seamlessly into this helmet right here, which you can see is going to fit in between the top and the sides, meaning that you're gonna have no exposed skin between your helmet and your goggles meaning that you're going to stay nice and warm out there when you're on the mountain. So this is a really great system and it's really great when you can take the same helmet company and transfer it into your goggles only because it's going to give you that seamless compatibility that we all like to see out there on the slopes. Now if you're in the market for a new goggle or some new helmets, well then you can make your way into any one of the great eyepieces of Vail locations. They've got six convenient locations throughout our community. We always recommend if you're going to shop for maybe goggles or a helmet that you make your way to the goggle bar which is located at the top of Bridge Street. We want to thank Eyepieces of Vale for bringing you this Lens of the Day report this morning. We're going to take a short break and when we come back we've got more of the show. You're watching Colorful Cooking with Tracy Miller. I'm a huge fan of chicken, actually. That's about my favorite protein, and I eat it most of the time. So what we're gonna do is super season it, like lots of salt and pepper over every little part of your chicken breast. We're gonna put a little bit of olive oil in the pan, coat it. I have my oven at 350 degrees, and I'm gonna turn this up a little tiny bit because I turned it down, you know, because of that whole summertime heat thing. And what, you, what happens when you have your hot pan, you put two cold chicken breasts in it, the pan automatically gets a little bit cooler. So crank it up a little bit when you're about to put your chicken in. We're gonna put that raw chicken breast right in there. You can kind of hear the sizzle. I wish we had a little more sizzle, but that was my fault. I was just talking too much. Okay, so there we go. We have the chicken seasoned on one side, but with every good protein, you need to season it on every single side. Now, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty specific about my seasoning. I like every single bite to have a little salt and pepper. Okay, I'm gonna crank it up a little bit. We're gonna sear each side of the chicken and then we're gonna put it in the oven at 350 degrees. This is a method that you can do on the grill as well. So if you're grilling and you have your grill really hot, fiery hot, you put your chicken on, you sear it up, you flip your chicken over and you sear it up again. Then you can either put it in a cast iron pan or a baking sheet and finish it in the oven. This is a trick a lot of chefs use when they're mass producing. Like if I'm cooking filet mignon for 20 people, I will sear it up and then I'll let it cool and then I'll pop it in the oven right before it's time to eat for about 15 minutes and it gets to a perfect medium rare temperature. So this is a nice method. Okay, so you wanna get a nice sear, a nice color on both sides of your chicken breast. And then we're gonna let that sear up for a few more minutes. I'm going to pop it in the oven and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna get our Colorado sweet corn out. I just actually cleaned all this corn up. Look at all that stuff hanging off of there. 
You want to cook it pretty quickly and then you want to cool it down for the salad. So what I'm going to do is pop this chicken in the oven at 350 degrees and we're going to finish baking it that way so it's kind of off the stove. It's going to cook to perfection and then we're going to have a nice uh, chicken breast lean and delicious that we can enjoy. So I'm gonna put this in the oven. We're gonna take a quick break. When we return, corn salad, it's on its way. Welcome back to Colorful Cooking. I am Tracy Miller and we've got some chicken in the oven and we're also making a corn salad today. It's a really nice light summertime dinner. To complete the meal, first of all, we have our fresh corn, which here in Colorado, we've got some good corn. So I'm just going to pop that in the boiling water and I'm literally going to boil that for probably about two or three minutes. Everybody overcooks their corn. You don't need to cook corn very long to keep that nice little pop that corn has. I also have some fingerling potatoes, which I am a huge potato fan. They fill me up. They're pretty basic and easy to make. So what I've done is I've boiled the potatoes in water and then I've sliced them. Now I have some olive oil in my pan and I'm just going to fry them up just a little bit. You can also bake them in the oven if you want to. That just gives them a little bit of a crispiness that's going to make them really delicious and decadent. And of course we are going to season these with a lot of salt and pepper. And veggies are so good and healthy for you. They have a lot of water in them. But they also need a lot of seasoning. So we're going to get those kind of flat on the pan. Notice how I have them spread out. Whenever you're cooking anything in your pan, you want to spread it out. Give everything a lot of space to get the heat around. That's, that's the same if you're doing something in the oven, if you're doing something on a baking sheet. Don't clump it all together. Give it some space so that everything can get some heat around it and it can all get nice and crispy and cook really well. So what I have is parsley and cilantro right here. And I forgot my brand new knife, so I have to use a knife here in the kitchen. But I'm just going to try to mince this up really nicely. Not sure my knife is going to cooperate with that because, you know, the sharper knife you have, the better off that's going to be. But we're going to just do some parsley and some cilantro mixed together. I'm going to do a lot of salt and pepper. Some red wine vinegar. This is what makes it really fun and fresh. And look at how low calorie this is going to be too. So it's going to give you some good flavor on that chicken breast, but it's not going to cost you a lot of calories. Um, we're also going to add a little bit of olive oil to it. And this depends on what, how much you like olive oil. Add the extra virgin olive oil if you really like the flavor. Add a lighter olive oil if you don't want quite as much olive oil flavor to it. So we're just going to let that sit and kind of absorb all those flavors. Get that red wine vinegar. I can smell that vinegar and it smells really good. I'm going to actually add a few more herbs to the top of that and then we're just going to let this sit and relax and you don't have to you don't have to let it sit and relax for too long. I would say like 10 or 15 minutes. It's kind of one of those things that you want to make right around go time and you want to be able to serve it fresh because that's what it is. It's really fresh. So we've got a low-cal chimichurri here. It originates from Argentina. Good on any meat. I cook it, I put it on steak quite a bit. You can even use it as a taco seasoner if you wanted to like put it on top of your taco or something like that. But right now we're just gonna save it for the chicken. All right, looks like our corn is possibly done. So let me grab some tongs here and just get that right out of there. See, that looks nice. And it's still kind of firm. It's not mushy at all. So what's going to happen now is we are going to just 
let that cool down for a second and then I'm gonna cut all the corn off to make the corn salad. I think one of the reasons why I was like doing this corn salad is because both my daughters had braces and neither one of them could eat corn and I was like, had to cut the corn off all the time and I'm like, hey, wait, I remember this. This is kind of a nice way to eat corn. It doesn't get stuck in your teeth. Chimichurri is a stuck in your teeth kind of dish too. So if you're eating it with a friend, that's the way to go because that cilantro might stick around. You have to ask, hey friend, do I have anything in my teeth? Can't be on a date or anything like that, you know, a new date. All right, so we're gonna crank the potatoes up. We just wanna get a little crisp on them. We have the chicken cooking in the oven. I've seared it on both sides. I've popped it in the oven at 350. It's probably gonna take about 20, 25 minutes to reach 165. We're gonna pull that out. We're gonna let it rest for a minute and then we're gonna slice it up. We are gonna put it on top of the potatoes and then we are going to make the corn salad. I'm going to pop the corn under some cold water while we take a quick break. When we return, it is a Mexican corn salad that I really think you're gonna like a lot. So stick around. We've got chicken in the oven. We're making a corn salad. This is going to be a nice light dinner for you and your family. I think the chicken is all done. So it's in the cast iron pan. I've had it in the oven at 350 for maybe about 20 minutes or so. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pull it out of the cast iron pan so that it doesn't cook any more than it already is going to. These are massive chicken breasts. I, I think that can feed a family of three to four. Okay, so now we're just gonna kind of take all the corn off. I don't know why, but I really like doing this. <laughs> and look at how fresh and poppy, for lack of a better word, this corn is. All right, so I have the corn. I also have romaine, and I'm just going to put the corn, and I cooled the corn down under cold water. You blanch it, you boil it, and then you put it in cold water. It keeps that beautiful color. All right, I like spice, and I like jalapeno spice. We're gonna make it nice and spicy with the seeds and the stems, a raw jalapeno, which I like as well, and then we're gonna put that in there. So we've got, uh, we have romaine, we have fresh corn, we have a little bit of jalapeno, and then a mixture of mayonnaise, Parmesan cheese, lime juice, chili powder, and a little bit of olive oil. So I've made that up. So here we go, we have our salad. I'm gonna move it over to our platter because we've got the chicken waiting there, which I'm gonna slice. We're gonna do, put the salad, and see, maybe this is a good way to do it because now the corn's on the bottom, so if I serve it like this, like all the lettuce is on top, this salad is delicious. You will absolutely love it. Now I think we're getting ready to slice the chicken, so we're gonna kinda do our grand finale in just a moment. We're making grilled chicken breast, corn salad. We've got most of it made. I'm gonna take a quick break, wash my hands, clean this place up a little bit, and then show you how it's done when we're done. back. I got to get Maddie Evans in the kitchen. Maddie, how you doing? I'm so good. I'm so excited to try this right now, though. Okay, good. I have a piece of chicken there for you. I hear you're a big fan of chicken, so I, give it a bite. Right, I cooked see. it in the oven, and it has to have a little bit of moisture, which it was pretty It was, it was pretty juicy when I was cooking it. So there you go. Tell me, does it have some moisture in it? Mm -hmm. Is it pretty good? Mm -hmm. Did you get a little bit of the corn salad in there, mm -hmm. too? Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. She likes it. That chicken is amazing. It's good. That's how you cook it. You sear it up, you 
finish it in the oven. You can do that with any meat that you have. We will have all the recipes online. We've got fingerling potatoes. Have a little more. How's it going? Oh You're back God. on TV. I'm back. It's amazing, but I, you can't talk to me now because I'm going to stuff my face. Okay, so we've got the corn salad. This is a perfect summer dish. It's healthy. It's high in protein. It's low in calories, and it's going to taste good if you'd like to make it for your family or even for a party. Like, mm -hmm. you could do this on a platter for a party. I'm Tracy Miller. That's Maddie Evans. This is Colorful <laughs> Cooking. Thanks for watching. Thank you so much for joining in on a Sunday morning for TV8 Vale. I'm your host, Liz. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow morning. I'll be here with Maddie, and we're going to have a great Monday. Again, don't forget, March is Women's Awareness Month. We commemorate the women of American history. Pick a few favorites, celebrate this whole month, because, wow, women are empowering. That is for sure. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And once again, get on over to VillarPAC.org. Find out the 25th anniversary of lineup of entertainment we all have. We are privileged to be here. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you guys again tomorrow right here on Good Morning Vale on TV8. Home in the Rockies.